Welcome back everyone and say hello to yet another episode of Sticks and Stones. I'm your host Andy Pick and with me as always is Mr. West Ham and co-host Mr. Mike White. Hi Mikey. Oh, I'm doing really well, thanks. Uh Hammers had a really tough weekend, but we go again and uh, hopefully we stay up from relegation. So that's got me out on a good mood. How you been, bro? Yeah, um I have a headache, so it's kind of sore and a headache from all the local supporters that are randomly turned up. Oh, yeah. There's been a lot of fake supporters recently. No, but it happens. It happens every time. It happens every time. Every time. But on a real note, congratulations to Liverpool for winning the league. That is tough to say. All right, so today on Sticks and Stones, we have a special on our hands. Today, instead of speaking to a player of the game, we are speaking to a coach. And it isn't any coach. We're talking to a Saha and FIH Level 2 qualified coach. During the week I asked him to send a CV and when I saw it I got super nervous and I got super excited. With us today is a Sportsways technical director, a KZN Coastal's provincial coach and a director of sport wrapped in one. It is with such pleasure that I introduce our guest today as none other than Coven Woodley. How have you been Coven and how has lockdown been for you? What's up guys? I just want to say thanks for for having me. There was a top intro there. Andy, it sounds a whole lot more glorified when you say it compared to when I put it down, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, uh, things to be honest, things have been have been really, really good. I feel like uh, uh, lockdown came at a at a tough time for me because I took on quite a few uh, few challenges for this year. One of the biggest being uh, trying to study honors, and um, yeah, lockdown just uh, forced me to. actually open my books and and study <laughs> procrastination was the name of the game before that that's <laughs> no, good it's always good to have something to do 100% so coven tell us how did you get into coaching how did that start how did the journey start for you um so i i went to an international school we actually i actually relocated when i was was 15 uh, my dad got a job overseas and um I relocated to India so I went to this American international school really awesome institution basically what you see on on TV you know when you watch those movies and stuff yeah. uh, but it was just um it was full of like academics and intellects they weren't it, it wasn't like the the sporting culture that we had here but there was just like a small group of of people that um that played sports so it was cool for me because I got to sort of like express myself there and i actually started with um taking a bunch of of balls down to the to the field with a couple of mates and then just started working together that way and i think it was maybe about 16 when my coach actually noticed and he came over to me and he he actually like tried to push me towards getting my coaching badges when i was that age wow and um you know at that time i uh, i thought i was going to be maybe a doctor or accountant or you know I, the possibilities yeah. were were quite open i never thought this was sort of like where i would i would end up um but it was yeah when um when i actually came back to south africa i got the opportunity to be part of westfall boys internship um you know through their sports department and that sort of like set everything in motion because it was a, a really powerful sporting institution That's mad. Yeah, that's really, that's sick. So, at Westfall, what age did you get involved with the institution at Westfall? Uh, I was 19. 
so okay. I'd, I'd come back. Uh, yeah, I did a I did a year in England. I try to study there. Um, it's really expensive if you don't don't earn pounds. No, not the greatest so, way yeah. either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be fair, actually, I was at uh, quite a cool spot though. Like Exeter was, it wasn't too bad. Um, so it wasn't the biggest adjustment. But um, I was only able to be there for a year because my my parents would have forced me to sell one of my kidneys in order to stay there any longer. <laughs> no, that's a- how is the cultural um, change going from in, going from South Africa to India and then back again? Um, what's the comparison? Cheapest man. It's um, I think when you when you start to actually travel, you get uh, an awesome sense of you know like just dif- the way p- different cultures work, the way people see the world. Mm. Uh, you you actually get thrust into a completely different reality. India was tough for me because obviously I'm, I'm going to a place where it's the same culture that I have but there's, there's such a distinct difference between the way that people are there and the way that we are here. So that's, that took a massive adjustment for me. Uh, but being at, at an international school, it's like an explosion of just all the different nationalities in the world in one place. So if, you, if you're like resistant or you're holding on to sort of like your prejudices or beliefs or whatever and you don't open your mind, um, you lose out on so much opportunity and potential to just see the world through someone else's eyes. And that's like carried through all the way, you know, from, uh, from that school to traveling to England. And yeah, it's, it's been amazing to be honest. So would you say that's like sort of helped your like adaptability as a person as like a coach? So you see people for more what they could give or than what they can at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's, if, if, you, if you're able to see things from someone else's perspective, I think that's an awesome trait. Uh, the majority of us are probably aren't able to adjust. I think as a coach, if, um, if you're able to connect with players, you know, more dynamic players, understand them better, I think it has, uh, you know, a much, uh, you can develop a much stronger connection for them. And then obviously you you want you want to have the knowledge. So if you can find that balance, it's uh, it's an awesome sort of like combination to put together. So during during the week, I got invited um, to a little session with you and a few of you, your like little mentor guys. Um, so tell us about your coaching your coaching philosophy and how going at, to an international school has affected that and helped you. Well, I think the just by being in sort of like such a culturally diverse environment and to be honest south africa is awesome dude. like we have got such yes. uh, vibrant people uh we actually like wherever you go in the world like people know the energy that we have so it's not to say that we are sort of lacking but it just gave me a chance to just be around you know different types of people um, so that was like a massive thing that i hold on to as a coach you can you if you're able to adapt you know mikey like you said um, I think it's, it's a really positive uh, trait. In terms of philosophy for my coaching, uh, I think, uh, you know, fundamentally, you gotta, you got to have a respect for the other person. You know, respect the, the player-coach relationship, respect the, the needs of the team, uh, respect the game. And I think uh, that's sort of like the, 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 the first thing that I try to always establish. And as soon as people know that we're all sort of fighting for one vision, if you can get that synergy in a team, I think you can move on to, you know, or like work towards some powerful things. Um, 
So yeah, I think that's uh, I've I've been around some top coaches, you know, like trying to ask them if I could be a fly on the wall just to to see how they operate and how they um, they go about things. And the the cool thing is that everyone has their own unique style and their own approach. So yeah. I'm not trying to copy anyone. You know, I'm not trying to be the same as anyone. I'm trying to take bits and pieces from from a whole lot of people and yeah, combine it to create my own sort of unique style. Yeah, that's really sick. Do you consider yourself so so at Bosch, right? I'm gonna use that as an example. We play very we like to counter attack and press high and do that sort of stuff. Do you consider yourself more of an attacking or defensive manager or coach, sorry, not manager? Oof, uh, that's a, that's a really good question because you you know like if if I'm honest, I want I want my team to score more goals than the other team. So if they score six goals and we score seven, I'm yeah, still okay with that. It's kind of like a old school Real Madrid kind of philosophy is that no matter how much you're going to score, we're definitely going to be scoring more. But um, I actually went through a, a phase where I studied um, Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, like a you yeah. know, pretty, pretty big legend of, of the game. And he, he said that like scoring goals will win you matches, but if you can prevent a team from scoring, it'll win you like your tournaments, your championships. Yeah, so I kind of adopted so. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, that approach. You make it as difficult to, you know, for the opposition to score as possible, and you know, you you're definitely gonna have some bright spark in your team that can light it up. Uh, and then that's that's kind of what I held sort of like towards the latter part of my development as a coach. Yeah. So you've sort of gone. So you started out super offensive, yeah. not super. Let's say that you started out offensively, and you sort of. You worked it into your game to go forward, but still always be safe at the back. Yeah, just be really compact. Uh, but I think it's it's uh, it's a concept that I don't think enough people actually have an understanding of, because I consider like Jose Mourinho's tactics as something that can actually unlock an attacking uh, form of the game. You know, so if if you have fast forwards and you're really compact, you can actually create exciting uh, elements to the game. But it's uh, it's how you sort of put that all together. Yeah, it's it's weird that you say fast forwards though, because I'm arguably very notably a very slow forward, um, <laughs> more of a more of a Harry Kane, Tammy Abraham kind of guy. So okay, if, but if, you're good in the good in the D, and you can finish. Oh yeah, arguably the best, arguably the best. There it is. There it is. I do back myself. Good, yeah. good. So what good. would you do? What would you do with a slow forward? Or a or a weak defender. Well, how would you build their game up? With the slow forward, or yeah, with the slow forward. Let's just say slow forward. Yeah. Um. So I I think just understanding a player's strengths and and weaknesses is like a good start. And then I have a model mm. for sort of like different areas that I would um you know want to evaluate on a player. So with my forwards, I'd I'd want to evaluate not just the speed, but uh, receiving skills, uh, vision, leading. You know, so uh, like a player like that might not necessarily be the one that we're trying to throw the ball into space. Um, we we might be using them as like a, a, a points or pivot man. You know, trying to roll the ball into them to actually get them to, yeah. to sort of link link everyone up, kind of like a like a playmaker. Um, like so Bobby for me, Fimedia, I'm yeah. Re- yeah, yeah. Like when I, so I still play at the moment, but it's more to just sort of learn the game, um, and mm. to just see if uh, if I can find like different elements to sort of expose as a coach. 
and for me my first touch is really bad so if you are a <laughs> if you're slow forward with a poor first touch then i, I don't know you'll have to you'll have to find another role in the in the squad there maybe peeling oranges <laughs> <laughs> look we've all been there um. <laughs> So, Kevin, you've you've coached at provincially at under 13 and under 18 level. Um, how does the levels compare in terms of age group? Um, I think the the mentality of of the 13 year old and the 18 year old is very different in terms of how much information they are prepared to absorb. You know, there's kind of this expectation that as you grow up, you you know, you don't have to work on fundamentals or you don't need to be sort of drilling that. Uh, I think that's been just at an under 13 age group the kids are like so hungry for information you know they sort of like blank canvases so it's really cool to you know establish a solid foundation at at that level and i'm kind of lucky because some of the kids i've worked with at that age sort of progress through the ranks and i get to reconnect with them later on uh, but obviously like the standard thing is the game is like so much faster you know you you kind of have yeah. to from a from a tactical point of view you kind of have to Uh, break up how much information you can feed to to players and yeah i i got it way wrong when i first started because i was playing and taking all the stuff that i was listening to from my coach and just throwing it into my my under 12 and under 13 players and hoping they were going to use it uh, so yeah over the years i've just learned how how to sort of break up that kind of information do you find that you also need to keep it a lot more simpler um for the younger ones like the processes to be honest andy if if everyone had this understanding that you know if you can keep things simple and do the simple things you know like execute it at 100% um yeah i think i think we'd actually be more effective i think uh, as we start to progress we we have this belief that we need to complicate the game and and make it more extravagant and i think that's where we tend to fail 100% simple game is a better way <laughs> yeah um so beforehand you told us that you went to amsterdam um to learn more about the game explain that experience yep. in going overseas and learning from some of the best in the world bro just socially amsterdam is like a place of dreams so if anyone has any sort of ambition of wanting to go and experience like a completely different uh yeah way of life there's just so much freedom there you know the people don't abuse the freedom because it's just their way of life and you get to sort of like discover who you are um that that wasn't the reason I went there I obviously went there because hockey in Holland is you know massive and um I'm a big part of sportways and I've got like a massive network of people that I've been able to connect with over there So I actually took a chance. I took a chance booking a ticket and seeing if I could um go and just like pitch up at one of the clubs and just ask if I could get involved. Um so I got I got there. They they only start at like 4 o'clock and I asked if I could coach like the little under 10s. Uh I was at Amsterdam Hockey Club like really wealthy. Uh dude, their under 10s do not care who you are, where you come from like those kids were swearing me they threw my they stick at me it was like <laughs> wow it was so different to like what I'm used to and I like had to pull all the stops there I was trying to like actually just keep the kids from killing each other and I was thinking <laughs> oh my gosh these are these guys are going to think I'm such a terrible coach 
next thing I look around and it's just chaos all over the place. So it's a wonder how they actually managed to figure it out and, and get things right. Um, but I actually, like when I, when I reflect on that, I think if you give people freedom at the start, they actually tend to get it out of their system and start to actually become more structured, you know, as they, they progress through the ranks. And it's something that I'm trying out over here. If you give kids uh, freedom, they become more creative. And if you can get them to actually develop creation on their own instead of expecting it later on, you actually have to create the environment for that first. And that's why the, the Dutch are known for their flair. You know, they, they play like a really pretty brand of, of hockey. And that's basically what I, I wanted to go over there and actually just see if, you know, do they actually do things different to us? You know, like what's, what is it that's, uh, that's different? And to be honest, like from a junior level, our juniors will beat them. You know, they, they're not actually, actually. so, yeah, it's, um, they, they're physically not the strongest, you know, they're not the biggest. So the, the kids are trying to like do all the fancy stuff from like a really young age. But mm-hmm. then when you start to see like under 16, under 18, they also have national programs there. You know, the country's so small. So on a Monday, like everyone's meeting at one club you know, the, everyone that's part of the national um, structure. So they have the girls yeah. and, and guys. I mean, imagine if South Africa was able to get everyone training every week, you know, like as part of our national program. I think that's one of the biggest struggles we have at the moment. The fact that we're actually able to get outcomes is remarkable. I take my hat off to the coaching, yeah, the, the coaching staff. You. That's some intense structures in Holland. Tell us how's it, how's, how it has been being a part of Sportswave? Yo, um, I don't know. Do you, uh, were you guys ever like part of the camps or anything down in SA? Yeah, I've been to a, like one or two at Weinberg. Mike, you ever been to one? Um, uh, I've heard stories. That's about as close as I've okay. okay, but uh, I'm sure you've come across like Devin Stanton, Bryce. Oh, yeah, Bryce yeah, Bryce yeah. was yeah. Andy and I was coaching under 16 at Devon. We have this like sportsways Sunday morning thing and Devon coaches a bunch of the lads, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's your HP, right? Yeah, HP. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I actually joined Sportways when um, like I wasn't a sort of established coach. I was still just this, you know, young kid that was just hungry for for learning. And I joined a camp as like a volunteer. It was actually by accident. And I just, I was hanging on to every word that was coming out of this, like, you know, this guy who spoke with a funny accent. So, uh, I, like, they responded really well to that. And I think part of the, the whole idea behind Sportways is that if you're passionate about the game and you have, like, a really open mindset and you're prepared to learn, but you have to have, like, a really strong identity. You can't just be a walkover. You know, it's, um, there's a world of possibilities within that structure that, that they create. And it's like geared towards wanting to be as like, you know, as good as you can possibly be. You know, you constantly want to push the boundaries. They push innovation to another level. And um, they kind of like the world leaders when it comes to like hockey education. You know, the, the guy who's in charge is, he's been part of the, like the Dutch national setup for, you know, 30 odd years. Uh, he's actually like, he coaches the head coaches of your different countries. Like they write the FIH manual. You know, Thomas <laughs> Tickleman is like the owner of um, of Sportways, and he's like, he's got this aura about him, bro. I'm like so scared of him. You know, just because you know you're in the presence of of someone like pretty great. You know, hundred percent. 
Actually, Mike, did we attend that thing at Durbanville the one time? Yeah, we did. I was there. actually thinking about that right now. Yeah, I was thinking about that a couple. Of, yeah, uh, yeah, we did. Well, Do you was, remember the first? That, that was recent. I might have been there. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. It is so funny because um, it's like he pulled up, and then all these like good coaches from Cape Town are, are there. And then yeah, yeah. Dayan Kasim is there and he's like, no man, this guy is talking nonsense. There, 15 minutes later, he's like, this guy is a god. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I was sitting, I was like, it's, it's I was yeah. you, don't, you don't think how he, th- you don't think how he thinks. You always think so laterally or vertically or in a straight line and he yeah. just brings up so many like side points and it just branches off and it's, it's crazy how many things he can think about that would never ever cross your mind. Yeah, but I think it's also exposure, Mike. You, you know, if you if you grow up in that culture, yeah. then it's like it's the norm, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. The Dutch are also like they are they so confident in themselves, you know, like the way they put the, they carry themselves. They sort of like demand respect in in how they they sort of like speak and how they even the way they walk. It's actually, yeah. I was sort of like a student when I first met them, so it was pretty cool. Now, when when I'm in that environment, you know, things don't sort of strike me as like, yo, this is like revolutionary now, because now I'm part of that culture. And I think it's, uh, you know, for a coach, it's your job to make sure that you don't hear something and go, oh my goodness, like, you know, where did that come from? You you gotta you gotta always be trying to, you know, increase your knowledge, um, you know, stay a step ahead of everyone else. Yeah, that's a good mentality to have. I must I must start taking notes actually. <laughs> hey, Andy, this one should have been on our chat the other day, man. Thanks. <laughs> I just don't get invited out these days. Man. <laughs> well, I invite you to the next one, bro. Don't worry. Oh, thanks, bro. We'll make sure. I appreciate that. Coven, for the for the United States um, series that they had in South Africa, you were part of the coaching staff for South Africa. Tell us about that experience. Um, okay, yeah. To say that I'm part of the coaching staff, well, I'm not not like the the actual structured guys. But as you know, we we lack like so much funding within our game. You know, like uh, what you guys are doing, what the inside pull is doing, just trying to get the name, uh, like you know, the SA Hockey brand out there. It's just it's amazing. So obviously, we 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 as a community pull together. You know, whether it's in Cape Town, whether it's in Johannesburg. You know, everyone sort of gets together and is able to add some value. And that's basically what I did. So I was part of the local organizing committee. There was a lady here by the name of Claire Black, uh, absolute like machine, dude. She was just remarkable in what she was able to, to like organize from, a, you know, from, from our side, you know, as the, yeah. as the host. And I was actually just there to sort of like help facilitate and then um, they just asked, like, is there anyone that knows uh, in any bios, Kairos, you know, someone to do the warm-ups? So I just offered to, like, go and speak to a university and see if there was any students that were prepared to do it for free, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And then, yeah, like, they just said, okay, Coves, you've run with this. And they just sort of delegated that, that area. And I got on the phone, I contacted a mate of mine. Uh, he was, he works at a school here, so he's a strength and conditioning coach. And I was just, I just said to him, listen, bro, we've got this opportunity to, to work with elite athletes. You know, we're not going to get paid for it. It's, uh, it's a chance for us to be in, you know, like a high performance environment. You know, what do you say? Let's, let's, uh, let's go do it. And then next thing you know, I've got like 
10 people, you know, like sports massage therapists, um, you know, bios from from the Palito area. Sorry. Um, yeah, I just had like, yeah, just uh, a whole team together. And all these people were just, I mean, I sold them the dream. I sold them the idea of, you know, what our, our SA players are trying to achieve and the fact that they sacrifice so much to actually try and represent their country. Um, you know, it was, it's beautiful when you actually consider that, you know, if, if we all sort of think the same way and we want to help each other out, there's, there's so much potential. And to be honest, that series was, it was amazing. You know, like to see the, 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 the way that our hockey progressed from the game one all the way through, it just sort of, it made me sit back and think that if we actually had all of these things in place, you know, like we'd, we'd become, uh, you know, a competing nation. Uh, so obviously we, we understand those sort of like breakdowns and I've yeah. been so impressed with what the, the SA ladies and SA men have been trying to do to sort of bridge that gap. It's, it's incredible. So well done to those guys. That's awesome, yeah. Jeez. So, Kevin, for you, what is what are your future ambitions, and what's the long term goal? Oof. Um, that's a good question, man. Uh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that my my long term ambition is to work with elite athletes. You know, I I've, I've started a new venture at the moment to try to explore the mental side of the game. Uh, I've got this, you know, question that's always in my mind, uh, constantly asking myself why a player does something, you know, um, what they feel in pressure, you know, like the, the big moments of games when they're under tremendous pressure, um, how to get them to the next level. I mean, you you get a player that's at such a high technical capacity, their understanding of the game is so good, their fitness is amazing. What is it that gets them, you know, that that extra degree up? What is it that keeps yeah. them there? You know, I'm, I've, I've been trying to, I've, actually I've been obsessed with just exploring that element. And I've been doing it with junior national players, uh, you know, national players, just sort of like picking their brains, uh, trying to study some of the best athletes in the world. I, f- I feel like in the future, that's something that I want to be able to, to sort of surround myself with. Um, the pathway in order to get there, I don't know, bro, but I'm so excited about how that's going to pan out. Now, are you excited for you as well? That oh, sounds so nice. nice. <laughs> but yeah, you guys obviously play the game, so you you must share like some of the some of the things that go on in in your head. I mean, Mike, you went through injuries, you know. So like, you know, how does it feel to to be able to experience something like that, have a setback, and then obviously like just before you've you've got this ambition of wanting to put all this energy into like this season and. You know, you're not able to do that. You know, how do how do you stay motivated? Like that's uh, something I want to discover. What do you what do you feel at the moment, bro? Um, so that's actually really sick. That like no one's actually actually ever asked me that. But thankfully, I've surrounded myself with like a really good bunch of like mates in hockey and the Bosch team vibe. Obviously, there's one or two Oaks that aren't super like crazy mad sick Oaks, but everyone else is just really happy people. And like I pride myself for always. I'm not the best player, but I always try to play with a smile on my face. I try to get a smile on everyone else's face. So, okay. we don't actually have the best team, but everyone always wants to play and gives 100%. So, that's where I'm at. And everyone, yeah. they put in their yards and we get the results, which is awesome. But um, it's really tough with the, yeah. the injuries because I actually had an op on my wrist at the start of this year as well. Yeah. So, rehabilitation for that's been tough, but people are always behind me. People always want 
best for the team and regardless of whether you're injured or not you always go to team meals you always go to the events you always go to everything mm-hmm. and everyone's always behind you which is awesome so you got like a pretty cool support structure there yeah brilliant support structure yeah. Ronald has given me a lot <laughs> given me a lot yeah but I'll, I'll, I'll say this to you, Mikey. Like, uh, I came across a quote, I think, towards the end of last year. And it's it's based on, like, uh, philosophy from, like, the Roman Empire, bro. And uh, the, the quote is, The impediment to action advances action. What stands in your way becomes your way. And the whole idea behind it is you take all the obstacles that you see and that's the way you go you know you don't you don't get a wall in front of you and decide you know i'm, I'm gonna give in now i'm gonna i'm gonna stop playing yeah, the game 100%, yeah. so you go you, yeah. you have this you have this belief that all these things are only gonna make you stronger and yeah if you if you keep the vibe keep yourself around good people i think um i think that makes it a whole lot easier as well yeah and he's also and he's also been really good he captained the uh under 16 under 16 b provincial team where we got promoted and stuff and i'll never ever forget till the day i die that this man, when we won the game, I scored the winning goal and he gave a team chat at the end and he started and he burst Yo. into tears and it was just the most humbling moment. What? Like, <laughs> right, you understand like the emotion. And everyone was just crying and it was just such a positive like thing and like every single game I play with I go into like if I can make Andy proud, like it'll be such a good achievement. I don't know, it's just like a cheapest. <laughs> That's awesome. Yo, no, I, was just like a... your, uh, I was with your coaches back then as well. I, I, wasn't it Randall that was your manager as well? Yeah. Yeah, Crispy. Randall was the manager. Yeah. Crispy, yeah. I still have his videos. Yeah, you, 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 you guys also made, you made... You made more than just Andy emotional back then, bro, Mikey. The coach was also emotional. <laughs> yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember that. Too, yeah. <laughs> that was a good time. So this is this is it, eh? uh, Andy. Everyone, everyone just wants to make you proud, bro. How, how does that feel? I feel amazing, and also people should know <laughs> that I'm an ugly crier as well. Yo, okay, so <laughs> I'm an ugly crier. <laughs> but I think that's authenticity from a leader, bro. If you can, if you can actually be that vulnerable yeah. and show like true emotion, yes, people, people will be ready to go to battle with you at any point, man. I haven't seen you play, but now Mikey's making me want to see you play. <laughs> I'll send you some videos. <laughs> nah, no worries, bro. <laughs> we have one more question to ask you. Um, and Mike should ask it. It's the Premier League one, Mike. So, let's <laughs> say you get put in charge of a Premier League team. Let's say Tottenham Hotspurs. Because you mentioned Jose Mourinho earlier. How do you take Tottenham from where they are? To winning the Prem Champions League um, competition area. Go to Dubai, find one of the richest guys there, tell them to buy the club. Give us a couple <laughs> of years, we in the game. What? Newcastle, eh? Newcastle. That's that's kind of the modern modern way, isn't it? Yeah, sadly, yeah. I, I do I do have a, a a lot of respect for Jose though. Um, I'm gonna go against what a lot of people uh, uh, feel, but I feel he's a born winner. And if um, yeah, he's he went through a phase where he struggled because he couldn't connect with like a new generation of player. And I think he's he's got to humble himself and learn, which I, f- I feel like he's able to do because he's he's got that that mentality. And yeah, cream always rises to the top, bro. So I think it's a matter of time for him to 
it's not actually pushing those boundaries. Yeah, I'll back you. Let's see. You guys can yeah. go back to this video and just absolutely slate me if it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, everyone, that's all we can fit in for today's episode. If you want to find out more or get in contact with Kevin, you can check out his Instagram. If you want to learn more about hockey in South Africa and want to see some awesome hockey videos, I implore you to search Creators Only on Instagram and give a follow. You won't be disappointed. To keep up to date with every new episode, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. For now, this is a goodbye from your host Andy Pitch. Also, a goodbye from the Creators Only team. Cheers, everybody, and keep creating. Thank you.